0: I'm David Atterbury, and this is Big Truths, a weekly podcast where we grow in Christian doctrine by looking through the door of church history. I want to begin with a theological topic that I really was not aware of until college. Even though I grew up in the church, I don't remember ever being taught this. It is the topic of the resurrection of the body. One of the reasons I love systematic theology so much is that it has filled in so many gaps in my knowledge of the Christian faith. Now, first of all, don't let that term scare you, systematic theology. What we mean by that is simply taking what the Bible says and summarizing it into an orderly list of topics. The teachings of the Bible, also called doctrines, are what Christians need to grow into maturity as followers of Christ. As one author has said, Doctrine is how the church grows in the love and holiness of God. And I want to begin with a topic I think many Christians are not familiar with, or perhaps have not thought too deeply about. It is the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead. One day, Jesus will return, and when he does, we will be resurrected from the dead. We'll examine this doctrine and more in this episode of Big Truths. I want to begin a short series thinking through the resurrection of the body. So first of all, why do we need a resurrection? Why do we need to be raised from the dead at all? Most Christians think the end goal of Christianity is getting to heaven. That is, we die, and then our spirits are separated from our bodies. And by the way, we didn't care for our bodies anyway. Good riddance, Christians think. And our souls get to go to heaven to be with Jesus. And many Christians think, that's it. That's all there is. So maybe they imagine life in heaven with wings and a halo. Maybe they think of it like an endless worship concert around the throne of God. But the Bible teaches that heaven is not the end goal. The resurrection from the dead is the end goal, that we will be raised again, united again with our bodies, never to be separated from our bodies again. One day the Bible says our souls will be perfected and sin will be no more. Our bodies will be perfected with perfect healing and the universe will be perfected in a new heaven and a new earth. Christian, one day you will walk and feel grass between your toes on a new earth in a resurrected body, living with Jesus and the saints of God. It's an amazing thought. So we're going to examine together what the Bible has to say about the resurrection over the next few weeks. So first of all, we wanna see that there is hope for dry bones. Hope for dry bones. Death is not the end. We need a resurrection from the dead because we die. Why do we die? Well, let's examine together the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. I'm reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, Ezekiel 37. The hand of Yahweh was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of Yahweh and caused me to rest in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them all around, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord Yahweh. You know. Now, why is Ezekiel writing this? Well, the prophet Ezekiel had been forcefully taken out of the promised land, and soon the people of God would join him in exile. They will be driven out of the land because of God's wrath, and the temple will soon be destroyed. They will enter into the realm of ritual impurity among the Gentiles out of the land of life, and into the land of the dead. Essentially, all of God's people will soon go into death, away from life, and into a land of no hope. And throughout the book of Ezekiel, he tried to warn the people. You can read about this in chapters 1 through 3. But the sad news is that the people would not repent. If they would have repented of their sins, then God would have relented. But the Lord cannot endure to live among such a rebellious people. What happens next is that the Lord dramatizes in a vision to Ezekiel the departure of his holy presence from the temple. You can read about that in chapters eight through 11. God will not live among such a sinful and idolatrous people. And Ezekiel predicted exactly what would happen when the armies of Babylon came to the land. You can read about that in chapters 12 through 24. And yet through it all, the Lord is merciful. He promised to one day gather them again to the land. Ezekiel 11, Therefore say, thus says the Lord Yahweh, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries among which you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel, it says. And the Lord revealed through his prophet that the exile is meant to purge the idolatry from his people ezekiel 11:18 when they come there they will remove all its detestable things and all its abominations from it End quote. he promises to one day give them a new spirit to take out their hearts of stone and give them hearts of flesh chapter 11 verse 19 says and i will give them one heart and give within them a new spirit. And I will take the heart of stone out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. We read, he will establish an everlasting covenant with them. Ezekiel 16.60 says, Nevertheless, I myself will remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. He will provide atonement. Chapter sixteen, verse sixty-three says, "So that you may remember, and be ashamed, and never open your mouth any more because of your dishonor, when I have atoned for you for all that you have done," declares Lord Yahweh. End quote. And this all brings us to chapter thirty-seven, the famous chapter about the Valley of Dry Bones. It's in this chapter that the Lord, in a vision to Ezekiel, dramatizes the people's despair. While living in exile. Chapter 37 verse 11 says, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. And the Lord reveals their true state. They are like a pile of dead bones, lifeless and unholy. But there's good news, friends. The Lord is the one who can raise the dead. What we see in this passage is the picture of hope that God wants his people to cling to. It is by his own voice and by his own spirit, the Lord raises the dry bones and gives them life. Verse 4 says, Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, o oh, dry bones hear the word of yahweh verse 10 so i prophesied as he commanded me and the breath that is the wind the spirit came into them and they came to life and stood up on their feet in exceedingly great military force so even in exile the hebrew nation's greatest problem was not that they were dislocated It was a tragedy that they were not in the promised land. It was tragic that they had been treated so awfully by the Babylonians. But remember that God had delivered his people out of Egypt. And God has promised through Ezekiel that he will also take them out of Babylon through a new exodus. But here's the problem. The most important problem. It is a far harder thing to take the idolatrous hearts out of his people than it is to take his people out of a foreign land. We saw that before when you took them out of Egypt. You can take Israel out of Egypt, but to take Egypt out of Israel is much harder because they took the gods of Egypt with them, though they had left Egypt behind. And now this has led to the mess they're in now. Their idolatry and sin led them into exile. You see, in order to have fellowship with God, for him to be our God and we to be his people, the Lord must have power over sin and death itself. We need him to cleanse us from sin and defilement. We need a new heart and a new spirit. Ultimately, what Israel needed and what we need is a new and everlasting covenant with God. And that is exactly what the Lord promises in this book. In chapter 37, the same chapter, verse 26, and I will cut a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant with them. And just like Israel, the plight we find ourselves in is one of our own making. Sin and death are connected together. When Adam was warned about Disobeying the Lord, remember the consequence of his sin was that you shall surely die, Genesis 2.17. We know that the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. 1 Corinthians 15.56 says, Now the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. So understand the connection here. We sin, and the consequence is death. Well, how do we avoid death? Well, we have to deal with our sins. But the problem is that we are lawbreakers through and through, and it is in death that we receive the due penalty for our rebellion against God. So like Israel, we too are cut off from the land of life. We have been exiled from the presence of God and are in the land of the dead. Our sins have made a separation between us and our God. Death stands like a king who reigns over us. Paul wrote in Romans 5.14 that death reigned from Adam to Moses. So even without the law, the power of death was seen in every generation that passed away. Not one person has been able to avoid death. Every funeral is a sign that something is not right With the world. What we need is someone to finally and decisively deal with our sin and the consequences of our sin, which is death itself, our enemy. So, do you understand that you can't have eternal life and escape death unless your sin is dealt with first? Because death is a result of sin. You can't avoid death if your sin is still there. We sin and deserve death. We can't escape death until sin is dealt with. So who will set us free? Who will raise us up? Who will take us by the hand and lead us back into the promised land? Our only hope is in the God who can raise the dead. And if he can raise the dead, then it stands to reason that he must also have power over sin because it's sin that gives death its painful sting. If we can be freed from our sin, then we can be freed from death itself because the wages of sin is death. Then to be free from sin is to be free from its penalty. So as we close, we can thank Jesus for giving us hope in the gospel. And as a Christian, Think, in what ways can you thank the Lord for the good news of the gospel, which has taken the sting out of death for you? Jesus alone has the power to raise us up and to do a work that none of us could accomplish. Just like how Ezekiel saw dry bones with no life, so also we had no life apart from Jesus. It is by his word and by His Spirit that He raises us up. I want to thank you for listening to Big Truths. Join us next week where we will continue to explore what the Bible says about the doctrine of the resurrection. Also visit our website where I have posted several articles about Charles Spurgeon and his conversion experience. You can read all of those at bigtruths.net. I'll meet you again next week where we will open another door for more Big Truths.